Welcome to the audio podcast of Morning Psalms and Prayers from First Reformed Church in Edgerton, Minnesota. A weekday devotional time in the Psalms. Good morning and welcome to Morning Psalms and Prayer for Thursday, November 12th. We begin with another prayer from Lifting Up Our Hearts, the prayers of John Calvin. Let us pray. Grant, Almighty God, that as we now carry about us this mortal body and nourish through sin a thousand deaths within us, grant that we may ever by faith direct our eyes towards heaven and to that incomprehensible power that is to be manifested at the last day by Jesus Christ our Lord, so that in the midst of death we may hope that you will be our Redeemer and enjoy that redemption that he completed when he rose from the dead. And not doubt, but that the fruit he then brought forth by his Spirit will come also to us, when Christ himself shall come to judge the world. And may we thus walk in the fear of your name, that we may be really gathered among his members, to be made partakers of that glory, which by his death he has procured for us. Amen. All right, we are back into Psalm 105 today. We're going to be reading verse 26 through verse 45. Hear the word of the Lord. He sent Moses his servant and Aaron, whom he had chosen. They performed his signs among them and miracles in the land of Ham. He sent darkness and made the land dark. They did not rebel against his words. He turned their waters into blood and caused their fish to die. Their land swarmed with frogs, even in the chambers of their kings. He spoke, and there came swarms of flies and gnats throughout their country. And he gave them hail for rain and fiery lightning bolts through their land. He struck down their vines and fig trees and shattered the trees of their country. He spoke, and the locusts came, young locusts without number, which devoured all the vegetation in their land, and ate up the fruit of their ground. He struck down all the firstborn in their land, and the firstfruits of all their strength. Then he brought out Israel with silver and gold, and there was none among his tribes who stumbled. Egypt was glad when they departed, for dread of them had fallen upon it. He spread a cloud for a covering, and fire to give light by night. They asked, and he brought quail, and gave them bread from heaven in abundance. He opened the rock, and water gushed out. It flowed through the desert like a river, for he remembered his holy promise, and Abraham his servant. So he brought his people out with joy, his chosen ones with singing. And he gave them the lands of the nations, and they took possession of the fruit of the people's toil, that they might keep his statutes and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. All right, here today we see the conclusion of what we started yesterday, right? As I said, basically it's a retelling of the story of redemption from the Old Testament, particularly the Exodus. And so what we have here is this detailed story about how God keeps his promises. Now, it gives us some great insight into how all this happened. It's kind of a neat way to hear the story of the Exodus in a condensed way, right? It helps us to understand some of the things that were happening, you know, the fact that there were locusts in the king's chambers and all those kind of things. We can read that in the story, but this puts it in such a nice, succinct, and poetic way. But what's the purpose of the psalm? We saw this yesterday, that the idea is is that we're being reminded of the covenant faithfulness of God. And so specifically, I want to look at a few things that really point to that, that help us to understand that as we see Uh, from these verses, what the psalmist is driving at. Verse 40 through 42, specifically, I want to look at. They asked, and he brought quail and gave them bread from heaven in abundance. In other words, God provided for them in the wilderness. They complained. They thought that they were going to die. They thought God had forgotten them. But despite what they thought, 
God was in fact faithful, right? And that was really ultimately the sin of the people there in the wilderness. They knew, they had heard the story of the covenant faithfulness of God. They knew that God had promised all the way back, not only to be faithful to the Abrahamic covenant, but that promise made in the garden that God would restore all things through the seed of the woman who would crush the head of the serpent. But yet they believed that God would break that promise. And the stories they knew, the stories they knew, the story of, of God preserving someone in the line to the Messiah in Noah, despite the flood, they knew that story. They knew that God would save his people. They knew the story where Lot was rescued from Sodom because he was a part of Abraham's family. They knew that God saved his people. But yet what did they doubt? They doubted that it was going to be applicable to them. And that's so important. Do we believe that the promises of God are applicable to us? When we say we believe that we're saved in Christ, do we believe that that's truly for us? Do we take hold of that and claim it every day? Or do we, in the way that we live, doubt it? Well, chances are we do that. But we can see here in these verses where it tells us that God opened the rock and water gushed out, for he remembered his holy promise and Abraham his servant. In other words, God gave to his people what they needed to survive. He remembered his promises. He was not going to let one of the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he was not going to let them all die out in the wilderness because then his promise would be done because God's promises to his people were about this lineage that was being handed down, not only to enter the promised land, but to have the Messiah come from Abraham and his family. And as we go down to the end, we see what God did. As we see in verse 44, he gave them the lands of the nations and they took possession of the fruit of the people's toil that they might keep his statutes and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. So as the people went in, what was the purpose there? That they would have this opportunity to praise God there, that they would go into the land and that they would obey his commands. I've said many times, I don't know how many times I've said it in these videos, but I've said many times how in the Old Testament we have this uh, retelling, this recapitulation of the story of the garden over and over where people are given the opportunity to obey God and his commands, but then they fail and then they're banished. And, and that happens not just in Genesis, but throughout the whole story of redemption in the Old Testament. This keeps on happening. But what's the purpose there? That God would bring them into the land, that God would bring them back to the garden and they might actually keep his statutes, that they would observe his laws and that they would praise the Lord. And we know God will keep his covenants. And so we praise the Lord. But we have something even better to think about. When we think of this story and, and the way that, that the people went into the land and then were taken out of it because of their unbelief, we can remember the story of Jesus who came and he did keep God's statutes. He did observe his laws. He kept them. And not just for his own benefit, he kept them for our benefit. We are recipients of his perfect righteousness. And so in Christ, we are permanently in the garden. We are the fulfillment of this because we have gone into the promised land. And in Christ, we are there for eternity. And so we need to trust that. And that's the reason that we praise the Lord. That is why we get up each day and praise God. Yes, we praise him because he's mighty and because he's good and because he's holy, but we praise him most of all because he saved us and he gave us his perfect righteousness that we might have eternal life with him. And it's a guarantee. 
Just as God kept his covenant to the people in the Old Testament, he keeps his covenant to his new covenant people. And we can take that to the bank. And so may we live in gratitude in light of that good news today. Let us go to prayer. Father in heaven, you are the God who performed signs among your people to show that you are faithful to your covenant. You spoke and the plagues came upon the unbelieving Egyptians. You spread a cloud for covering for your people and gave them the fire by night. You provided quail and water and manna and your people came out in joy. And so may we go out and joy ourselves today and share the hope that we have in your salvation in Christ. Today we bring our prayers for your church. We pray for the shepherds of your flock and ask that you would strengthen each one by your word and spirit to faithfully proclaim the gospel of Christ and him crucified. May your churches be a place where the message of repentance and the forgiveness of sins is heralded, that your people might hear and believe the good news, and that your people would be built up in faith to trust in Christ alone for their salvation. We pray today that by your word and spirit we would be empowered to live holy lives also. May we keep your statutes and observe your laws and comfort us today with the sure promise of salvation we have because of what Jesus has done for us in his life, death, resurrection, and ascension. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, I hope you have a very good Thursday, and hopefully you can join us again tomorrow for Morning Psalms and Prayers on Friday. Take care. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to our podcast feed so you don't miss an episode. If you would like more information on our congregation, you can find it at edgertonfrc.org. You can also watch the videos of these devotions at our Facebook page and YouTube channel.